An entitled Karen threatens to get me fired from Home Depot, claiming that I was refusing her service and that I had insulted her, all because I don't know how to mix paint, despite the fact that this is not my department. Thankfully, a coworker was there to back me up, and he put this entitled Karen in her place. Here's what happened. So I've only worked at Home Depot for about four months when this happened, and I still don't understand why people think they can boss associates around instead of just getting it themselves. I've only been at work for about an hour, and it was a pretty slow after afternoon. A few customers scattered here and there, some just browsing about, and others were just picking up all sorts of orders and other stuff. I'm patiently waiting at my counter at the lumber side of the store, and this was just before we swapped to self-checkout registers. I was reading a booklet that my supervisor had every cashier read, and my sign was off. All of a sudden, a paint lid gets dropped on my countertop, and I suddenly whip my head to see this middle-aged Karen standing there looking at me with her phone out and texting away. So I say to her in a professional tone, I'm sorry, but the paint desk is down on the other end of the store. And before I could describe exactly where it was, this lady said, I know, but I'm in a hurry. Go get it for me. I looked at her and I said, I'm sorry, but I don't even work at the paint desk and I'm not supposed to leave my register unattended. This entitled Karen finally looks up from her phone and says to me, but I've seen you run the paint desk before and I know it's you because you mixed my paint the other day and I need more. Now go get it done for me now. And when she said this, I was really confused. I looked at her and I said, I'm sorry, but I think you must be mistaken with someone else. I don't have any paint mixing experience, and I've never run the paint desk ever before. This entitled Karen then says that every time she's come here, the cashier always goes and gets the paint for her. But I stood my ground, and I said, well, I'm not that cashier, and I don't know what paint mixture you want. This Karen rolls her eyes and says, well, that's why I brought the lid. Just take it and run it through the machine and get me my paint. At this point, I'm starting to feel like a broken record. I say, I've already told you. I don't have paint experience. I'm just a cashier and I'm not a paint associate. And this is not the paint desk. Listen, I'm sure the paint desk associate can easily mix it for you. If you go and speak to them yourself, they can help you get it taken care of. This entitled Karen gives me a kind of saving wave and says, yeah, yeah, just go and get my paint. I'm in a hurry and I can't stand around like you people. And at that point, once she said that, I started to get really annoyed. This time I said it more firmly, but still professional. Ma'am, this isn't the paint desk and I'm not supposed to leave my cash register unattended. Either you go to the paint desk yourself or you can leave. But this set off this entitled Karen in a way that I was not expecting. Clearly upset that I had spoken to her like this, this entitled Karen said, I said I'm in a hurry and I need my paint right now. And she said this rather aggressively, trying to make me go get this paint for her. But I stood my ground again and I said, I've already told you, I'm not going and you can go to the paint desk yourself. This entitled Karen is now glaring daggers at me and says to me, I don't like your tone of voice that you're using with me. Maybe I should report you to corporate for refusing me service. I respond by saying, I'm not refusing you service. I'm telling you that I can't provide you what you want because I have no experience in that department. Right then, a pro desk associate walked by and the Karen turns to her demanding to know if she's the manager because apparently I was disrespecting her as well as refusing to provide her proper customer service. The pro desk member said, I'm not the manager but I can assist you. The Karen then says, finally, someone who can actually do their job. I need paint. And this Asian kid refuses to go and mix my paint for me when I've seen them mix paint for me many, many times. The pro desk member says, well, if you need paint mixed, you can easily get it yourself. Not stand here at the lumber register and demand that we do it for you. And that finally shut that Karen up. She throws her hands up in the air with frustration and walks away yelling, nobody in this store knows how to do their job. Why hire 
their workers that they're just going to stand around and be on their phones only. The pro desk and myself were dumbfounded by Karen's outburst, but we didn't follow her out. Instead, pro desk took the lid and tossed it because it's not our job to mix the paint for her. Besides, the small dot on the lid probably would have told the paint desk what paint the Karen actually needed, but it wasn't going to help me with anything. And the funny part is, at one point, I honestly really did want to mix paint. But after asking a paint desk co-worker about it, I changed my mind. And you know what? I would much rather be stuck as a cashier than deal with some weird entitled Karen screaming at me about paint. What a crazy entitled Karen. I mean, how weird can you possibly be to not know where you need to go to get your paint mixed? It's like this lady just picked a random spot and decided you, I'm picking on you today. Like, it's really strange. And I really hate when people act like this, especially when it's at the expense of other people around them. Thankfully, though, the original poster had some backup because otherwise this crazy lady probably would have stayed there screaming at this person, demanding them to do a job that clearly was not their responsibility. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. I'm afraid of telling my family that I'm dating someone new and I honestly don't know what to do. So three months ago, almost four now, I broke up with my ex-boyfriend of four years. I tried to fix our relationship, but he was an alcoholic and would never give up drinking and he also wouldn't get help for his debilitating mental illnesses, even though they were a burden for me as well. I also just knew in me that he wasn't going to be the one for me. So this made me check out and grieve my relationship before it even ended. When I told my mom and my sister I was breaking up with him, they were appalled and offended because it came out of the blue for them and they were upset that I never confided in them about my struggles in our relationship. I didn't want to burden people with my problems and I also didn't feel comfortable discussing that stuff with them. So when the breakup happened, I feel like they were against me, but ultimately they came around. Flash forward to now, I've been hanging out and getting closer to a good friend of mine that I met at work two years ago. He is so sweet and funny, we like the same music, he goes to concerts with me, and is just someone I align with more. And I feel drawn to him. When I first met him, I always knew he was going to be someone special, and I always found him very attractive. I haven't brought up my feelings of liking him to my mom and my sister. In fact, they've never even met him. And this is mostly just because I want to keep things private, but I keep getting anxiety about them getting mad at me for not telling them these things. And the other day, he confessed his feelings to me and asked me on a date. I don't know how to bring it up to them, and I guess I'm just scared they're going to berate me or try to tell me I'm just moving too fast. I personally feel ready, and I'm just nervous for some reason. They like to be very in my business, and I'm just so anxious to tell them that I'm seeing someone new, especially when my relationship was so long. What should I do? That really is unfortunate that your mom and your sister are really up in your business. Like, that has to be really annoying. And it's also not fair that they were getting all over you about you breaking up with your boyfriend. Like, do you really need to tell them everything that's going on in your life? Why are they supposed to know out of anybody? I know if I was struggling in a relationship like this, I probably wouldn't want anybody else to know. Like, it's nobody's business but my own. So in that respect, I really don't blame you for keeping it to yourself. Ultimately, though, it really is up to you. You could go the route of just telling them, hey, I am dating this new guy and I really do like him, but this does basically open up the door to them telling you what you should and shouldn't do, which from the sounds of it, it looks like you don't really want that. You probably just want them to be your mom and your sister, which I think is reasonable for just about anybody. There's the other option where you just don't tell them what's going on. Go on the date, maybe go on three or four, and then see where it goes, because I think you already know what they're going to probably try and say. Oh, it's too early. You shouldn't be dating this early. We don't like him. You can't date him unless we've seen him first. Stuff like that, I'm willing to bet is something they will say. So hopefully this goes well for you 
either way with whatever you choose to do. Because in the end, this is your life. And what they have to say truly does not make a difference. Nor should it be the deciding factor of what you can and cannot do in your life. An entitled customer tells me that I shouldn't tell my customers that any kind of gratuity would be appreciated after their dinner. And I'm really annoyed by what he had to say. And I'm not sure what to make out of it. So for context, I work at a bar in North Carolina, which sees a ton of golf groups passing through. It's a huge tourist town and a dream destination for anyone worth their weight in golf balls. Anywho, this group of 12 came in on a Wednesday night and mentioned that they had been out in the night before. From talking to my co-owner, I had already determined that she had only had one large group the night before and that they were super nice and had tipped her generously on top of the 20% auto gratuity that our system adds when you open a table of six. Not that I cared, but you know how comfortable it can feel to walk up to a table that you know is easy. Fast forward through service and they've had to split into an eight top and a four top because our only 12 top was taken and they couldn't care less. My coworker and I were busy as all get out, but I take good care of them. Everything goes great, food and drinks flow, and I'm just waiting on them to finish up so I can cash them out and grab my shift drink. The guys at the eight top cash out. I have a double-sided pen with a pink highlighter on the end. So as per usual, I highlight the gratuity as the print on our tickets is small and it tends to blend in with the tax. I also tell each person I hand a bill to that there is an included gratuity due to the size of the party, but that they're more than welcome to leave me a bit extra if they'd like. The guys at the eight top leave while the four top lingers to watch the end of a game. When I drop their checks, I do my usual speech. The gratuity is on there and I run their cards. But here is where things get a little weird. One of the guys flags me back over after I've done my official goodbye and asks if he can offer me a tip. Internally rolling my eyes, I smile and I say sure. He tells me that I shouldn't tell people about the gratuity. You read that right. He told me that I shouldn't have said anything about gratuity and that I shouldn't tell people in the future. He said that I had done a great job taking care of them and that I deserve the money. My response to this was that I considered it stealing to mislead someone into essentially tipping me twice and that I was fairly sure it was illegal to do that. He simply continued saying that I deserved it and that I would make more money that way. I told him that I would much rather have my tips be earned and knowingly given to me. I then proceeded to excuse myself from the table. They tipped me well and I was appreciative. But while serving is my job, I care about much more than the money. I take pride in my customer experience and my integrity and it rubbed me the wrong way that they were offering me advice that equated basically to stealing. I still can't tell if he was insinuating that people wouldn't add a deserved tip on top of gratuity or that he thought that I should get literally as much money as possible. It was a wild night all around and I honestly am still trying to figure out what he was talking about. So in my opinion, I think the server's doing the right thing here. They're being honest with their customers and saying, hey, there is already a gratuity percentage that is coming out of this check. Thus, basically warning them, hey, you've already tipped me and you don't even know about it. So I think if anything, you're just being honest with your customers. You have it right. Your moral compass is correct and you're doing things exactly how it should be. But you know what? Think about the opposite. What if you didn't tell them and they found out after the fact that they basically tipped you twice? I'm pretty sure somebody's still going to complain that you didn't warn them ahead of time that they were already tipping you. Like this could definitely go both ways. But I think the way you're handling it is exactly how I would do it. I would let them know ahead of time just so there's no surprises on the way out the door. My job is overworking me and underpaying me in a serious way and I'm right on the verge of quitting and I don't know what to do. So this is mostly a rant because I am one inconvenience away from quitting my job. For some context, I serve at a middle of the line sushi restaurant 
restaurant with expensive food that is pretty average tasting. I've only been serving for three months or so, and lately I feel super overwhelmed with the amount of work I'm doing, especially since a lot of our servers have just straight up quit. We have one host, one server, and a manager for our lunch shift, and usually the manager ends up serving. Several times I've worked on a random Tuesday when we have a full house for some reason, and my manager and I split the house evenly. Keep in mind, almost every single person orders a roll or a bento box with appetizers and bar drinks that we make ourselves. I also have to bust my own tables. During today's shift, the restaurant filled up fast, and by the time 12.30 rolled around, I had seven to nine tables at once, and I couldn't even count how many because I was so busy. My manager had the same amount of people, only he helped out more with the larger parties, and I had mostly tables of four or less, with only a few five-plus tables. I was probably serving 25 to 30 people at any given moment. I know we're understaffed and that the business makes more money off of having less servers scheduled. And my manager has made no efforts to replace the servers we've lost. So things don't look like they're going to improve anytime soon. I don't know if I'm just inexperienced, so that's why I'm overwhelmed. But every time I finish work, I feel so emotionally and physically drained. So far, the shifts haven't gotten any easier and I'm not given real breaks, even though my shifts will often run for more than six hours. Even my manager said it felt like this place was sucking the life out of him slowly. Now you might be thinking, if I have so many tables, I must be getting some good tips, right? Nope. We made about $300 in tips during that shift, but I don't get to keep my share because all of our money goes into a tip pool that is shared with the front and back of house, including the kitchen. I also believe that the head chef and the manager also get to keep tips. At the end of the week, we got our tips and for 30 hours of work, I get $200. And that was for the entire week. Another week, I got $160 in tips for 20 hours. So not only do I feel constantly overwhelmed and overworked, but I don't even get the proper tip money in exchange for selling my soul to this place. Is this normal for a serving job? Does it get easier the longer you go? I'm honestly just so depressed with this job. I have never participated in any endeavor that has left me this beaten up at the end of my days. What should I do? That is crazy to me that you can't keep your own tips. If you had less servers and you have all these tables and you're getting all these tips, then maybe this would be worth it. Like if I was in your shoes, I would just make it work if I was getting all this money in tips and I was able to keep it. But the fact that you have to split that with basically everybody in that restaurant is unbelievably disgusting. Tip pools are absolute garbage in my opinion. Give the money to the servers. They're the ones who are basically waiting on me hand and foot. Yes, the chefs made the food, but the servers dealing with my garbage as well as everybody else's garbage. So yeah, they deserve to have a tip. So from my point of view, none of this sounds normal. And it kind of sounds like you're getting screwed over. You're working way too hard. You're getting very little money and it's just not fair for you. So I think you should really try to find a new job. This place sucks. Like legitimately, having a consistently full house every day and still only having one server is crazy. There are much better serving jobs out there. These people that you're working for are clearly taking advantage of you. And if I was in your shoes, I would get out of there and I would get out fast. My mom and my grandma only see me as a toddler and they don't recognize me as a fully functioning adult who's making money and earning a living. And I'm honestly not sure what to do in order to set some kind of boundaries with them. So truly, I really do love my family, but there definitely is a major issue and I can't discuss it with them because if I try, it results in gaslighting, gatekeeping, silent treatments, and preaching about the Lord like their life depends on it. For context, I'm turning 20 in just a couple of months. I have a job and I help pay for food when I can. I'm actively 
looking for a second job so I can start helping out with bills in the form of rent, just so I'm not a freeloader. I live with my mother and my grandmother. My mother has been doing relatively okay. She drives me to and from work to help out, and I center my work schedule around hers to compensate for her having to drive me. My grandmother, though, dear God, if I wake up even in a slightly cranky mood where I'm so much as not smiling, she's practically in tears, saying that she's worthless, that I don't love her, and then she'll give me the silent treatment, preaching from the Bible the entire time. I'm an atheist, but none of my family knows this, so I just have to grin and bear it. She compares me to me as a child, and my mother and grandmother both do this. They pull out photos of me and say how cute I was, how I was their little girl, how they still, in their hearts, see me as a five-year-old little girl, and that it hurts them when I'm upset because it's shocking. It's to a point where I resent my younger self. I hate memories of me as a child because it's just a reminder that I'm not who they thought I'd be, and I'm just a disappointment. I don't even get that upset. They act like I insult their livelihood. The worst I ever do is glare. I usually just keep my mouth shut because I hate being angry at all, and I usually get over it within 10 minutes or so. I never insult anybody as I feel absolutely horrible about doing that. I also would never hit or even raise my hand. I would never do that. Most I ever say is to remind them that I'm sensitive to loud noises or that I didn't sleep very well or I just want to be left alone. Stuff like that. They expect me to constantly be a family person, to constantly want to be around them with a smile on my face, to always want to be home and be the toddler that they see me as. They want me to go to church and they want me to stay at home forever and help them afford things financially as I'm the only one capable of working. They can't live without me. It is honestly exhausting and frankly I feel like I'm going to lose my cool at them every day if I don't figure out a way to talk to them and get them to at least set some boundaries. What should I do? Man, that sounds like a rough situation. It's really weird that they don't do any work at all and they've basically shipped all of that off to you and it's also really crazy that they're comparing you to your younger self basically denying you of any adulthood and treating you like a baby all while then expecting you to provide for the family. Like that's just really weird in my opinion and it sounds like a form of manipulation if anything. They want to try and keep you as a kid yet still expect you to provide all this stuff for them and that's not okay in my opinion. I know that if I lived in that kind of situation I'd be looking to move probably pretty quickly because that just does not sound feasible and you just can't be happy with that to be honest. So if anything maybe some distance really would do you some good. Moving out really is a big decision if you do decide to do that and it's something that really does take a lot of time and a lot of thought to make sure it's right but in this situation considering that they're acting like narcissists and basically being all around really terrible towards you some distance and maybe another place to live probably would not be a bad idea in this situation. Today I messed up by watching so much Family Guy that I had a psychotic breakdown. So about a year ago I went through a massive Family Guy phase. I don't know why. I had only watched Family Guy a few times before but for some reason I started to believe that Family Guy was the funniest show on earth. My best friend at the time also started to go through a Family Guy phase as well because every time I went over to his house I'd make him put it on. Anyways one day I was hanging out with my friend. This was during my college winter break so I had a whole month off. Since I had a month off I could stay over at my friend's place for as long as we could stand to be in each other's presence. For some reason because we had this spare time I came up with the idea to watch Family Guy in its entirety. We thought it'd be easy. We had a second TV set up where we could run up video games. At this point we were playing Minecraft pretty much all the time so we could play that while we were watching Family Guy. Minecraft really doesn't take too much attention so we would instead 
be able to give most of our attention to the cinematic masterpiece unfolding on the adjacent TV. One issue with our plan to watch Family Guy in its entirety was that the show is like six to seven days long in its total runtime. So me and my friend decided to leave it running 24-7. Who cares if we miss a season or two overnight? Anyways, I didn't realize Family Guy wasn't the best show to sleep next to because it'll pretty much wake you up over and over again. Well, me, being the OCD jerk that I am, told myself that I couldn't turn it off no matter what. I had to finish this Family Guy challenge. For four days, I got little to no sleep. If I had to guess, I'd say I got one hour of sleep total in those four days. On day five, the lack of sleep started to take a toll on me. I started to hallucinate and hear the Family Guy characters talking. I could have sworn Peter Griffin was in my best friend's closet. As the day progressed, so did the severity of my psychosis. I went from Peter Griffin in the closet to I am in Family Guy. I started to believe I was in a Family Guy episode. My friend was Brian. His sister was Meg. I remember waking up my friend to ask if Stewie was okay. My friend, being the jerk that he is, thought this was hilarious, but my mental state was getting worse. After about an hour of this, I started to get paranoid. I guess I was terrified of the character by the name of Herbert from Family Guy because I started to believe that he was spying on me through the windows. This then progressed to me believing that my friends were helping Herbert out, which led me to get violent. One thing led to another, and I get taken to the ER for sleep deprivation and psychotic symptoms. I'm better now. I'm over the Family Guy phase, as I've now watched Rick and Morty, but next time, I'm not going to watch anything for that long ever again. That sounds like literally a crazy battle to fight. You're losing your mind, and you're watching, in my opinion, one of the worst shows on TV. Sorry, for me personally, I'm not a big fan of Family Guy. So I can only imagine the nightmare hellscape you traversed as you basically stayed up for four days and watched these crappy jokes by Family Guy. So needless to say, I am not envious of you, and hopefully something like that doesn't happen in the future. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.